Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat and John here with the Cast Right Catholic Podcast. We are two friends on a quest to become fully alive. We want to, as St. Paul says, take hold of the life that is truly life. And so we just want to invite you into our friendship so that we can learn friendship with Christ together. And um, today, John and I want to talk about something we've been texting about some over the last few weeks, um, and that's the narrow way. So in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate. The gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. It's a verse that we've probably all heard talking about the narrow way is um, obviously, a, you know, it's a quintessential verse of, um, of the gospel. And John, you had some sort of, interesting reflections on it that you are sharing with me. And um, I thought we would leave with you just kind of opening with those. Yeah, of course. Uh, well, one thing I, I realized, um, I just got this new watch and it's been kind of cool, but every once in a while in the evening, my watch will buzz. And so I look at it because it's some sort of notification. And while I'm sitting down, it'll say, you have reached your stand goal for today. And it always happens while I'm sitting down. It tells it tells me that I've reached my stand goal while I'm sitting down. I've never been standing when I've met my stand goal. Um, I've so, never been walking when I met my steps goal. I'm usually eating dinner. Yeah. So by all intents and purposes, these thresholds for um, these steps and stand goals and everything else they put out there these days is completely bogus, and it's a very wide path anyone can make it just put the watch put the watch on your wrist go to bed you'll reach your stand goal uh immediately um in uh, direct contrast to that the narrow way um and looking at you know just how narrow the way seems to become the more and more that we look at the challenges that are thrown at us in life uh, how it is more and more beginning to cost us everything um, it, it, it's a little bit intimidating to a degree, um, but I think all of us, if we truly are seeking Christ, we'll get hung up by one thing that will make or break whether or not we respond to the call. And if we're not all in or, or, or we don't, we think we're all in, but we're not, usually there's something that contradicts church teaching where we'll, we will follow Jesus 99% of the time, but we just have to change his teaching on this one thing. And it's it's a rationalization in order to fit our universe instead of conform to his. And uh, both are dangerous. One is one is uh, the premise for your faith, right? I, I believe all this except this one thing I can't accept, so I'll conform my faith to this one thing. The other is... I'm seeking Jesus. I'm excited. I finally find him and he tells me something. And for some reason I walk away sad because I can't accept it. But I was so excited to, I woke up th today and I was like, man, I'm going to find him. I'm going to seek him out. And I get closer and I get closer and I finally see him and he speaks back to me. We have a conversation and he just tells me I'm lacking one small thing. And that small thing breaks my universe and I walk away sad. That is something that I never want to 
see or hear. In reality, I want it to stay <laughs> in the pages of the gospel where it was written and not come into my life. But the reality is that's very hard to do. And so I've been reflecting a lot about that. Um, I will say that in my condo that I live in, I, I drive a big truck and it's a one car garage. And so sometimes there's a bit of an issue when I get home and I have a bunch of groceries and things hanging off my shoulder and in my hands. Sometimes I get stuck. I can't actually make it through my garage um, with all the stuff that I'm carrying um, because it's a narrow way. Um, and now I could make it through that little alleyway if I wasn't holding anything all the time. I could definitely maneuver, always get through. But every time I come home from the store, I do make an assessment. Okay, do I have to drop what I'm holding in order to get through? Do I have to have nothing in order to get through this alleyway? Or or can I can I squeeze by with, you know, a few bags of groceries? Um, and sometimes I do, but many times I just get stuck. And then it's more annoying because I've got to drop the eggs, you know, down on the ground and in an awkward spot. and. Uh, it get, it gets to be a headache. But the point is, if you have nothing, if you carry no things with you, if you're completely submitted, then the way, although it's narrow, there's really nothing constricting it because all you have is is nothing that, that you're bringing through, just yourself and Christ. So that's kind of what I think uh, we could expand upon with this podcast is uh, the way is narrow, we know that and we carry a lot with us, how do we make sure that we make it through the narrow way uh, each day? And and how do we further that effort? Right. And you are, I like the um, reference to the story of the rich man in the gospel who goes to Jesus and says, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, follow the commandments. And the rich man says, I've been doing this my whole life. And Jesus responds, one thing you lack, sell all your possessions and come give to the poor and then come follow me. And then it says that the rich man walked away sad because his possessions were many. Um, and it is, it's a, it's sort of a, a scary thought. Um, and on some level you were, you are almost talking about how one of the things we can do as Christians is instead of walking away sad, um, we pretend that we're still following. Like we pretend that Jesus didn't say that one thing to us. Um, we pretend that, that that invitation of Christ to sell our possessions, give to the poor and follow him, um, was just like a bad dream we had <laughs> or that he didn't really mean it when he said that, um, that we can, we can still follow him at a distance. And um, the tragedy of, of the rich man is that he knew exactly what Christ said, believed what Christ said and didn't believe he could do it. Didn't believe he was capable of actually accepting it. And the tragedy of so many of our lives is that, um, we either don't know that Christ said it or um, we try to pretend that he didn't. 
Um, and that's, that's really hard. You, I almost feel like the one thing ever since you, you first sort of brought this up a couple of weeks ago, I've been struggling to think what is my one thing and what is the one thing for the people, you know, what's the, what's the part of Christ that I ask him to leave at the door? Um, you know, it's, it's almost like, Jesus, there's a narrow way into my heart. <laughs> and, and few are the, those who are able to enter into it. <laughs> right. If you're going to enter into my heart, Jesus, here's the things you're going to have to leave at the door. You, you know, you can't fit through this passageway if you're going to bring that in with you. And we sometimes reverse it um, in that way. And, and we say, you know, Jesus stands at the door and knocks. And when we open, what's the thing we say? Can you please leave that outside? Um, and I think that it's an ongoing question for me personally, but it's a question well worth asking. You brought up one possibility that there is a teaching that we can't accept. And I was thinking about that some um, over the last week or two since we first talked about this. Um, and texted about it and I think that the reality is is that most of the time the reason someone cannot accept a teaching is rarely a problem that they have at root with the teaching it's actually usually the implications of accepting it right Um, what does this mean for my life now yeah and what does that mean for me socially what does it mean for me personally what is it what does it mean you know for my circumstance because if it wasn't if the teaching wasn't something controversial then i wouldn't really actually have an issue accepting it i i can kind of i can accept it but because there is because it's controversial it's it's the same thing that i've had a number of friends who have desired to enter the catholic church um but because of their family circumstances, that was a really, really scary decision to make um, because of all the implications. And you can't have anything but compassion and understanding for a person in that situation. At the same time, the reason that they won't enter the church isn't actually a problem that they have with the church. It's the implications of doing so. And so at root, there's usually, there's usually some sort of fear that prevents us from doing that one thing. I mean, I don't know what the fear was for that rich man. I mean, even attachment, the rich man attached to his possessions, that attachment, the reason we can't let go of it is we're, we're so afraid of what it will mean to let go of it. Um, that it's actually a binding of fear rather than a, a, a binding of freedom and love. And so I think we sometimes have a misnomer of, I love this thing too much. Um, and we say that a lot, and I do think that's true, but I think the real truth is I'm so afraid of what it means to give this thing up or to accept this thing or to do this thing. Um, I don't know if like, if any of that resonates with you or, I mean, do you, have you been able to discern for yourself what your one thing is, even if uh, you don't share it? No, I, I, I have not yet. I know there's many things that I need to work on, but <laughs> the one thing I, th- I think usually happens during a specific moment in time um, when you're really called to bear witness, like Peter, 
um, you know, when the cock crows and he denies him three times. It's it's a very intense moment, a make or break moment where um, it's not just something you think about, you know, while you're sitting in your chair. Oh, what would I have said? Or what what do I need to give up? It's when you're, you know, maybe you're at your your job and you've got a mortgage to pay and you've got nothing left and you're called to bear witness to Jesus because you can't cave to the secular society and you have to bear witness to the truth. At that point, are you going to stand firm and are you going to be, you know, on the street with your family? Are they going to suffer? Are they going to be wet? Um, it's it's one thing to think about, but in the moment, do, do you do it or, or do you cave? Um, is there, you know, I mean, it can be so many different things, but there's always something that we really have to struggle to overcome. And I think Jesus wasn't um, immune to this either. I think we can see his one thing clearly in the garden when he says, I don't want this. Please take this from me. This is just the one thing I don't want to do. I've done so much already. I really love people. I want to show them how much I love them. This has been phenomenal. Like, what if we just change this a little bit? Because this is a way. terrible idea, and I'm just not – I'm not really interested in doing this. Like, can we change this, please? And yeah. obviously – then, then let's do it that way. Um, right. So, see, and then obviously we know the story. He tackles it head on, takes on everything. And goes through with it. And in my reading of um, the Gospels, the way, there's a very clear distinction between two types of people. Somebody who is running towards something or somebody who is running away from something. Somebody who is running away from something, they will resist um, pain and suffering and fear mostly drives them so they'll run towards something good until something hard pops up then they'll reroute Mm -hmm. um and and because they're running away from something what they're actually after is behind them not in front of them and so what's in front of them when it's a challenge they just move out of the way because what they're really seeking is actually to their back not in front of them but somebody who is running towards something demolishes everything that's in front of him at whatever the cost, because the destination is his prize, and he will stop at nothing. Um, if you look at Google Maps, um, in certain areas, you'll see gas lines, and it's a beautiful straight line um, from A to B, and it goes through whatever's there, river, lake. If it's a mountain, they'll blow it up. If it's a river, they'll go under it. If it's through someone's <laughs> woods, they'll cut trees. Whatever it is, it's just straight, right? Because the destination is A to B. When you look at the river, it doesn't really have a destination in mind. It just kind of flows sideways here, slants here, goes down here. Responds to the context. Yeah. And then moves towards the goal. Yeah, it doesn't move towards the goal. It just simply responds. (laughs) But the gas line, (laughs) they had a vision in mind. And so ultimately – having an aim it's right that knowing i know where i'm going which is really i love that and that that's one of the major 
things that Christ reveals to us um, in his humanity is, I think it's in the gospel of John. He says, I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. Right. So he knows what's behind him and in front of them. (laughs) Yeah. Most of us, we don't know. And he says that when they're challenging his identity, right? I think now that I'm thinking about it, I think it's John chapter eight. I believe they're, they're challenging his identity. And, um, and then he's kind of saying, I, I don't need another witness because I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. You guys don't know where you come from. You don't know where you're going. We're just aimlessly <laughs> wandering. And that's how we live most of our lives is, is we have difficult things that happen to us or we have difficult circumstances or we have a particular you know, context in which we're living that often forms the riverbanks. And Christ is basically saying, I am, I'm here to be a new riverbank for you. I'm here to show you a new way that cuts through this world back to the heart of the father. Um, and if you, if you come under me, then you'll know where you're going. Um, everybody watching the passion, aimless, aimless suffering. Christ in his passion has a direction. Everybody is suffering in the passion narrative. All the people watching, they're all suffering. But they suffer and don't know why and don't know where they're going. Jesus suffers and knows exactly where he's going. Um, And that's why he's able to uh, create a new way. That's why he's able to create this narrow gate um, that is himself. And that's, I guess that's one of the, one of the points that, you know, obviously with the passage we started with, the narrow is the gate. He is the narrow gate. Um, and so that's why it's, what is the one thing you ask Jesus to leave at the door? Because that's us trying to make him wider. Um, that's us trying to open up a new way that runs parallel to him. But that's not exactly him. Um, I was thinking, you know, I do, I agree that one of the, one of the core ways this can happen is that there's just something we can't believe. There's something that we can't accept. Um, but I actually do, I do believe it functions on every level of our humanity. And so it may not just be one thing in the end, there may be multiple things at each level of our person, but certainly the mind is one really, really critical place where we can hit a roadblock and say, I just can't accept it. Um, but the way to overcome it is through belief, through faith. I accept, I surrender to this because I don't know where I come from and I don't know where I'm going, <laughs> but he does. So I believe him. Um, I also think it can happen with the, with the heart. There can be a deep wound that we have a deep guilt, a deep shame that, we are just so unwilling to forgive ourselves for or to forgive somebody else. Jesus commands his apostles. If your brother sins against you seven times and each time repents, you must forgive him. And that like unwillingness, I just can't quite forgive this thing or I can't quite forgive myself or I can't quite even accept myself as I am in my brokenness, which is exactly where Christ accepts me. 
And so I need to try to change myself, manipulate myself, create a new self that I'm actually satisfied with or embrace my brokenness so deeply that I celebrate it. Um, that these, these are the ways we try to limit the force of mercy that Jesus wants to be in our lives, that Christ, only Christ can be. Um, and so I think that there's these different things is I can't forgive myself. I can't believe this thing. I, um, it can happen with the soul. I just don't trust. I just need to be self-reliant. I have to, I'm totally okay with following Jesus until he actually asks me to completely trust him until he actually asked me to, to do something that seems like you were, you were sort of giving an example of that earlier, but where I don't really know what my contingency plan is. Um, I have to actually trust. I can no longer be, I can no longer secure myself for myself by myself, but I need to actually trust that I'm secure in him. Um, and I think it can have with the will that there's some hidden sin that we just don't want to give up. Um, for any number of reasons. Um, but there's, there's this one thing that I know I'm not supposed to do. I know it, that there's a teaching not to do it, um, but nobody really knows. And I just don't want to quite give it up because um, I'm afraid of the implications of giving it up or because I really just quite frankly um, like it <laughs> right. or, or whatever it is. And, you know, with, with that self-reliance, the only way to break it is trust. With that, the lies that we believe and the thing we can't accept, the only way to defeat it is, is belief and faith. That with the um, habit that we just don't want to give up, the thing we don't want to stop doing, even though we know the way is through obedience. And, um, and with the heart, we've got to just allow ourselves to be completely vulnerable in front of God. I am, I, God, I hate this about myself. I hate this about myself and I don't know how to get past it. Help me, help me to forgive myself for this thing that I've done. Help me to forgive this person. I'm so hurt and I'm so resentful, but I want to let you into that um, resentment. I want to let you into that hurt so that he can actually heal it. And those things are actually really, really hard to do, but it's in doing all those things that we let, we tell Christ, you don't have to leave anything at the door. And I know this is going to be hard, but I want you to come on in and put the house in order Or we say, you know, I'm out here wandering and I see that there's this path leading up to Calvary, but um, surely there's a different route to the top of the mountain. <laughs> right. surely, there, surely there's another way. But at some point, the only way that remains is that one. And you can go as far as you can go. But at some point, you're going to have to get on that way if you want to get to the top of the hill, um, if you want to make the full ascent back into the Father's heart. Yeah, and it's almost like the longer you wait, the more difficult the way becomes and the narrower it becomes. <laughs> because you just get so settled and established in comfortable with the way you've decided to do things even if it means that you're actually not happy or you're not actually right. happy um you you've sort of adjusted yourself you've you've recalibrated to 
whatever way you've decided to take. And it's really hard the longer, you know, you stay on a course. I mean, it's, it's just like if, if you um, make a stupid analogy or really, I eat, you know, Cheerios for breakfast just about every morning. And then Val brings home honey bunches of oats. And it's like, these honey bunches of oats are delicious and they have some Cheerios in them. But I'm kind of like, look, I got my way. Like I want the Cheerios and I'm not going to accept that the honey bunches of oats might actually taste better. Um, they might actually be better and have more to them. And, but you just sort of get this habit, like this is what I do. And that thing may be better, but I don't really want to switch. Um, why do I need to switch? That's usually what it ends up ha- happening is people say, why do I need to do this? <laughs> why do, what's, the, what's the need? need is this is the way. <laughs> the need is that, <laughs> that you are settling and you're created for so much more. So, amen. That was, that was very insightful. I like that. A little <laughs> little walk along the way. That was good. Yeah. You're talking about the Honey Bunches votes, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man. This was good. Um, any closing thoughts? Nah, my mind's spinning now. I feel like I just opened up a whole realm of uh, topics that I need to <laughs> pray about, think about, and meditate on. Same, man. Same. All right. Well, let's say a quick prayer. And then close out. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father, thank you that you sent your only begotten Son into the world to seek us and to save us. Father, help us to recognize the ways that we are lost and to recognize in your Son the complete response to our wandering. Father, whatever it is that prevents us from allowing Christ to come fully into our minds and our hearts and our souls and our wills. I pray that you would help us to surrender, to believe, to trust, to accept mercy and forgiveness, to extend mercy and forgiveness, to hear your word and obey it. Jesus, we want to follow you because you are the narrow gate. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Show us the way. In your name we pray. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Thanks for tuning in, guys. And until next time, this has been the Cast Right Catholic Podcast.